Welcome to the COVID What Comes Next podcast with Dr. Ashish Jha, Dean of the Brown University School of Public Health and a globally respected pandemic scientist and physician. Every week here, Dr. Jha will analyze events of the previous several days and offer his assessment and guidance for what lies ahead. I'm your host, G. Wayne Miller of the Providence Journal and the USA Today Network. Good morning, Ashish. How are you today? I'm good, Wayne. Good morning. How are you? I'm oh, good, thanks. Uh, and I would know for our listening audience that we are doing this for the first time in person. We are. From your office, we're both fully vaccinated, so we're, we're safe to do that. And uh, it's been uh, a delight getting to meet you in person. It's been you know, sort of strange, as we all know, to live on Zoom. Yeah. So really, just I have one general area that I was hoping you could get into today, and that was the CDC's guidance that came out uh, late last week on masks and social distancing, basically saying if you're fully vaccinated in most situations, you don't need to mask. Yeah. If you can break that down for us. Absolutely. Um, So there's a lot of confusion and a lot of complexity. So let's keep it pretty straightforward. If you're fully vaccinated, with a few very rare exceptions, which we can talk about, if you're fully vaccinated, you're good to go. You don't need to be wearing a mask outdoors. You don't need to be wearing a mask indoors. You don't need to be socially distanced with, uh, from vaccinated people. You don't need to be socially distanced from unvaccinated people. This is a breakthrough. It basically says if you're fully vaccinated, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. Again, with a few exceptions, which we can talk about, uh, you are basically, you get to return back to life in 2019. That's pretty profound. It basically says no more restrictions if you're fully vaccinated. Let's just quickly talk about those exceptions. Super crowded spaces, packed indoor concert, potentially a packed outdoor concert, someplace where you're essentially gonna be breathing somebody else's breath for like hours. That's probably the one place where maybe we still need to do something differently. But long and short, if you're fully vaccinated, return to life pre-pandemic. It seems that there is an honor system involved here in terms of declaring or, or stating that you are vaccinated. For example, I'm making this up, but let's say you go into a gym and they ask you, uh, which I guess some gyms might and some might not, but they ask if you're vaccinated uh, and you say yes and you're not. Obviously, that would be deceit. Is, is there any is there any system or program being planned where, where you could provide proof? So there are efforts, but before we go there, let's be very clear about something. If you're fully vaccinated, CDC is saying, why do you care? If someone is deceptive and lies and says they're vaccinated when they're not, and they go in, if you're fully vaccinated, it doesn't make any difference to you because if you're hanging out around them and they're let's say infected and breathing out virus, it's okay. You're not going to get infected. Or if you do, you're not going to get sick. So CDC's point is that for a vaccinated person, it doesn't even matter if you go into a space with unvaccinated people who've been dishonest. Now, if you run that gym, you may feel differently. You may say, if a bunch of unvaccinated people walk in here and they infect each other, I don't like that. So. I may want a way to differentiate vaccinated from unvaccinated. 
more, mostly to protect unvaccinated people because they're the ones who are going to get sick. The vaccinated are not going to get sick. That's the CDC contention. And there should be a way. And, and you know, there is this whole idea of a vaccine passport. Uh, I don't think we're going to see anything from the government on this. I don't think we're government's going to be issuing vaccine passports. But let me assure you, there's a whole bunch of private companies that are working on developing these things because businesses want them. Gyms want them. Restaurants may want them. You can imagine that for some restaurants, they're going to, they know that some patrons are going to feel a lot more comfortable coming to do indoor dining if they know everyone is vaccinated. So as a restaurant, you could say, we have a vaccinated only policy. And uh, if you can verify who's vaccinated, you can, that restaurant becomes exceedingly safe for everyone. Um, so that's the basic point is that these vaccine passports, I think, are coming. They're going to be private sector solutions. Uh, but if you're a fully vaccinated person, CDC says it doesn't really matter. So I was reading that some people who are fully vaccinated still want to wear masks for yep. a variety of reasons. Is, is there any reason, is there anything wrong with that? It seems to me that there isn't. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. There's definitely nothing wrong with it. People can wear masks. And, uh, and the CDC would argue you don't need to. But you don't need to. Remember, there's no such thing as zero risk. The point from the CDC is it's extremely low risk if you are fully vaccinated, if you're not wearing a mask. But in certain situations, if you still wear a mask, you lower your risk even a little bit further, right? So I actually have decided, and I've said this publicly, I'm obviously fully vaccinated. Um, I've said June 15th as my personal internal deadline. Until June 15th, in indoors, public indoor spaces. So you and I are indoor in my office. You're vaccinated. I'm not, I'm vaccinated. We are not wearing masks. And I'm very confident. Um, but if I go into a grocery store, if I go into a retail shop, I've decided until June 15th, I'm going to continue wearing a mask. Now, you may say, why? Why are you doing that? You don't need to. And I don't need to. I definitely don't need to. But I actually think people should continue wearing masks for a few weeks longer because infection numbers are still high. People are still getting vaccinated. And I, I'm trying to create a kind of a norm of indoor spaces. Let's stay masked up for a little bit longer. Outdoors, I have dropped my mask altogether. Unless I'm with someone who wants me to wear a mask, I don't wear a mask outdoors. What about flu season? Last year in America, it was a quote unquote low, low number of cases, I'm sure because of people wearing masks. I think the experience in Australia was the same way. Do you think that people come fall here in America will start to wear masks again, at least in certain situations? A, they were used to it. They had been doing it for a long time. And B, because maybe it'll protect them. And we've talked before about certain cultures where that happened before the pandemic. Yeah. Japan, I'm thinking of Tokyo, for yeah. example. I, I think you're going to see a lot of mask wearing in this, in this uh, fall and winter. And not because government's going to require it. There aren't going to be, I doubt there'd be mask mandates. I mean, there could be if there's a little outbreak of COVID. But I don't expect that to be a big deal. Um, Flu season was essentially non-existent this year, and that's because of mask wearing, hand washing. Um, you know, as opposed to COVID, which is spread almost exclusively through the air, the flu is spread more through surfaces, right? So um, if people are wearing masks and they're, then their less surface stuff is not getting contaminated as much. So, so if everybody wears masks or, or if some chunk of people wear masks, it'll reduce the amount of flu. But then if we continue hand washing, surface cleaning, 
uh, we will definitely make an impact on the flu as well. So I expect to have a milder flu season. You know, thank you. I would say knock on wood. I haven't gotten a cold uh, in a year. Me neither. I've loved it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I've loved it. Absolutely. Um, that, th- those will come back. Those will come back because I'm going to stop wearing masks as much as I have in the past year. Uh, but I think a lot of people are going to say, you know, I enjoy not getting the flu. I enjoy not getting a cold. And you're going to see a good more amount of mask wearing than we've seen in the past. And I'm guessing you're going to also see people washing hands and sanitizing more. They've gotten in the habit. I mean, that's yep. that's a good good thing to do regardless of pandemic or not pandemic. Absolutely. It keeps infection numbers down. You know, the flu does kill a lot of people every year. If we can reduce that number, that will be terrific. So we have uh, one audience question from a professor at a New England college. And this person writes, due to the potential lower efficacy of J&J in comparison to other vaccines, could or should one who is vaccinated with J&J consider consider doubling up with either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, especially if the current demand is lower than supply? Would there be a downside to doing that? And uh, this person says, I asked this partly in light of hearing about some breakthrough cases in Major League Baseball, yep. where the people who tested positive were vaccinated with J&G. So, yep. talk, uh, talk yeah. to that. So I want to first start off by saying I think J&J is a fabulous size. I really do. Uh, and I'll talk about the Yankees outbreak in a second. Uh, but the truth is, it does have a lower headline efficacy number. Um, but when it comes to preventing severe hospital, uh, severe illness, hospitalizations and deaths, I think it is every bit as good as the mRNA vaccines on severe illness. And that's what you care about. Now, the Yankees outbreak, um, nine people, we think what happened was one person got infected from, some, you know, an unvaccinated person. That person ended up having symptoms. Now, here's the key part. Once they became symptomatic, they probably spread it to a few of the other Yankees. And, uh, and none of those people got sick. They didn't even have symptoms. So one person had symptoms, mild cold-like symptoms. The other eight people are totally asymptomatic. And so what I would say to this person first is, if you end up getting infected and have either very mild symptoms or more likely zero symptoms, and if you have zero symptoms, you're not spreading it to other people. How much do you care about having those breakthrough infections? They're pretty, I mean, they're milder than the normal cold, right? At least with a cold, you get symptoms. Second, to their point, they could get another vaccine. Uh, we have no experience with this. There's no data that I'm aware of on uh, an mRNA vaccine on top of an adenovirus vaccine like JMJ. Do I think it would be harmful? I don't. Uh, CDC and a bunch of immunologists uh, and, and vaccinologists are working on guidelines on this. So what I would say to this person is, I'd hold. Infection numbers are down. They're very, very well protected with a very terrific vaccine that will protect them from severe illness and death. And let's see what the next few months bring in terms of science and data on mixing and matching of vaccines. And if at some point down the road it makes sense, do it. I mean, and I just wouldn't feel anxious. If I were fully vaccinated with a J&J vaccine, I would feel every bit as comfortable as I do right now. And I, I've got Moderna, me, uh, for severe illness and death and all of that. Very good. 
Thank you, Ashish. As always, if you have an audience question, send it to gwmiller at providencejournal.com and write question for Dr. Ja in the subject field. Ashish, thanks again. See you in a week. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure seeing you in person. Yes. And, and we can do more in person or more by Zoom. But, um, you know, we have been doing this since October, Wayne. And I think today marks an important milestone in how we are all going to begin to be able to get our lives back and do things more in person. And that we should celebrate. I totally agree. Stay well. You too. Thank you.